0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Playbook by Grace. This week's guest is Luke Roush, a great friend of mine that is currently serving in the U.S. Armed Forces while attending the University of Oklahoma. How are you doing, Luke? What's going on?
1: Uh, you know, semester is just keeping me busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended my classroom observation at a middle school here in Norman. Um clocked in at 46 and a half hours on the semester Damn. um yeah so uh, this uh this observation was actually only supposed to be like 30 hours mm-hmm. but I mean so I would spend my entire Fridays there and so like, I've been there for like the last like seven ish weeks um and so I've got a decent amount of time spent there
0: oh for sure but you're a busy guy and um I was talking with on the last episode I was talking to Jessie Clark, I'm pretty sure um, you know her. Do you, by chance? Uh, I'd probably know her to see her. Yeah, for sure. Um, but she's super busy, and I feel like that—that that it's just a season of busyness for everybody I've talked to, whether it's for the podcast or not. Just everybody is has their head down and yeah, just dude, tunneled in straight dude, forward. It's, it's crunch time. It's crunch time. It's grind time. But you're in a unique position where you're not just doing a ton of stuff with um, – with school you're doing a lot of other stuff including um with the military with the army which like i did not plan for this to be veterans day weekend to talk to you but um, <laughs> it just kind of happened that way but about that <laughs> i i sat down and i was like oh man it's a uh, veterans day weekend but first before we talk i just wanted to thank you for what you're doing for um keeping us all safe and whatnot but um i would love if you could just um talk about what it is that you're doing um, with the Army right now and um, why you're doing it and just why it's important to you and yeah, floor is yours on that one.
1: Yeah, so uh, so being in the military is something I've always wanted to do since I was a little kid. Um, so let's see, back when I was like seven or eight, um, I was like looking at like some old like family photos that my dad had and there's some guy, you know, in an Army uniform uh, it turns out his cousin was, uh, was a ranger, uh, jumped into Panama, jumped in, uh, to Kuwait during the Gulf War back in like the late eighties, eighties, early nineties. And, um, just, so I thought I was like, Oh, that's super, you know, super cool. I want to go be a like, You know, I want to go be a ranger. Um, and then, you know, my parents like found out that I had like an interest in the military. And so my mom introduced me to a couple of her uncles who were in the Marine Corps during uh, the Korean war back in the fifties. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Want to be in the Marines for a while. And then like. Uh, 2010 rolls around, 2011, and every young man in America wants to go be a Navy SEAL because <laughs> you know we go get Bin Laden, of and then course, we find of out. Course. Oh yeah, and then we find out what Buds is, and we're like, yeah, screw that. <laughs> um, but you know, I thought the Navy, you know, the Navy was kind of cool, especially like after like watching like Top Gun. I thought like flying was you know flying jets is gonna be super cool, mm-hmm. and so going into high school um starting like the end of my junior year i built up started building a packet to go to the u.s naval academy i also uh was applying for a navy rotc scholarship because i either wanted to go fly jets go be uh, a nuclear engineer on a submarine or uh could be an eod technician um so t- time goes by i send send off my packets go through all the interviews um And for Navy ROTC, this is partially why uh, I ended up at OU. Uh, For the Navy ROTC program, you had to apply to five different programs um, at at some universities. So I applied to Nebraska, Ohio State, Mizzou, Kansas, and Oklahoma. Um, So time goes by, and I eventually get uh, rejected by the academy. I get rejected for the Navy ROTC scholarship. Um, And so after that, I was like, okay, let's look at these five schools, and I'll just go to one of those. Came down to Kansas and Oklahoma. Went without you. Uh, fast forward a little bit. Um, I meet some friends that like are in Army ROTC, and they tried to get me to join the battalion because I wasn't doing anything. You know, I talked about how I had an interest in joining the military. Didn't want to join ROTC at the time, but I started to look at like what, I started to like legitimately look at like what the Army had to offer, um, and that's when I started looking at like the reserves and the National Guard. Um, the thing with the reserves though is that. Uh, you don't have combat arms, whereas like with the National Guard, the, you have like infantry, artillery, cav, um, all that. So I ended up uh, beginning of my sophomore year and listening to the artillery. Um, I'm, a, I'm a 13 Julia. I'm a fire control specialist. So my job is to process fire missions and uh, take data that can be used by the gun line so they can just adjust the howitzers and start sling rounds downrange. Um, been doing that for about a year now. Um, so in, So let's see. Summer of 2019 is when I went to basic training at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Um, And then summer between my junior and my first senior year, um, summer of 2020 is when I went to advanced individual training at Fort Sill. And then I've been with um, a triple seven battery ever since. Um, And then this past summer, we actually went to the National Training Center out of Fort Irwin, California. Um, But as far as like why I wanted to join the military, really lack of a better way to put it. I wanted to be the good guy that go kills bad guys. Um, mm. And, you know, I, you know, because like my, you know, like what, like watching the news uh, you know, when I'm like, you know, like eight years old seeing like what's going on. And like Iraq, Afghanistan, you know, like um, you're in like, you like turn, I'd like ask my parents, I was like, Hey, you know, what's going on here. And they pretty much summed it up as like, there's bad people in the world and we are going to, and we are going after them. And I wanted part of that.
0: Yeah, no, that's a really, really blunt. But I mean, that's, at the end of the day, that's what it is for um, people in service. And it's funny, you mentioned um, wanting to go fly planes and stuff like that. Because growing up, I was like, Oh, that would be so cool. And ironically, it was probably because of Top Gun. Um, (laughs) And then I realized and I sat and I sat with myself and I realized, Hmm, I'm terrified of heights. And I don't like flying on planes. So I don't think flying I don't think flying planes is probably the wisest choice for me. (laughs) So um, I definitely relate to that, but you are balancing so much and it's for one of the noblest causes um, in the world. And I really appreciate that and stuff. And um, I guess it leads me to my next question. It is like, since you've been in the military, is it difficult to be a man of faith and a man of God, like in that environment, do you face challenges with that or?
1: Uh, yes and no. Okay. So, so during, all right. So, all right. So during base, so I went to basic, you know, between my sophomore and junior year, this was uh, before I rushed bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, like the first like couple of years of my undergrad, uh, I was a very, lukewarm, I was a very lukewarm Christian. Okay. Um, I was not abiding in the word. I wasn't abiding in Christ. Um, and so my faith was like very like stagnant. It was easily wavered. Um, however, um, really the only strong Christian that was in my platoon was a guy named Samuel Kim. And he's uh, one of my best friends. I still talk to him. He's, uh, he actually goes to Swasee. He lives up in Edmond. So like we try to hang out like whenever we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, uh, he's been like a monumental, uh, help, um, part of me and my walk um and what's you know what's even funny about that is like he's three years my junior um but you know he was very i was bl- very blessed to have him with me and, and walk with me um and as far as like it, how hard it was like you know it's like live out my faith like like in that environment um probably the hardest part was just the fact that like people cuss all the time and like yeah. while the bible doesn't like explicitly say hey don't cuss um like in uh some matthew 15 11 says it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a man um and same thing with ephesians four twenty nine. no foul language is to come from your mouth but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear um now things were a little bit different when a year later when i went to ait at fort sill um it wasn't like anything bad, but like I got like I got like chastised all the time for being a virgin. Um mm-hmm. because like another thing that's very prevalent in military culture is sexual sin. Mm-hmm. Um whether that be like porn or like uh going marrying a stripper. Um, it like it happens wow. all the time. Right. Like it, it's like stereotypes happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um but as far as like when I've actually like been like at my like actual unit, um There's like two sets, There's like two sides of this coin. So like while we were out at the National Train Center, um, like I would be like like reading my Bible like on my cot and whatnot. We had this uh, there's this guy named Fleming, and like uh, he would be come by. You know you know Fleming. Uh, you know it's got a very colorful uh, vocabulary per se. Um, but then like he would like but he like turned around like saw me like reading my Bible and like he walked by. He's like he's like hey Roush. I just want you to know I would drop a GD right now if I, if you weren't reading your Bible. And then like him and some other guys were talking and he, he would let a word slip and he would immediately just like turn around, look at me, be like, I'm sorry. And then mm-hmm. just turn back. Um, um, so for the most part, like, like guys are like, are, like very supportive of, of like me, like, yeah. uh, trying to like lo- live out my faith. And then there's other instances to where, like, uh, we were processing a fire mission once, or we were in between uh, processing fire missions. And so like me, um, an NCO, uh, one of my NCOs and then like, um, uh, my LT, like we were all just like talking, and somehow um, like creation and religion kind of worked its way into the conversation. Mm-hmm. And my uh, my NCO, very um, at, agnostic at the very least, ninety nine percent sure he's an atheist. Uh, but we were about to get into a very uh, deep conversation or debate, if you will. Uh, But then my LT just shut the conversation down and said, like, we're not talking about this. And there's been a couple of times where he's, like, he's, like, shut down conversations about, like, politics, religion. Um, So to some extent, every now and then, it's kind of hard to have in-depth conversations with people about about Christianity. Um, But every now and then, like, you do, like, find those, like, one-on-one times, like, talk with people. Yep.
0: So I guess you feel... If it were me, I would feel like there's a lot of, um, in some of those situations, a lot of weight on my shoulders, like to act out uh, what a man of God looks like. And like, how do you, um, how do you handle that weight? Because even though it's not really our weight to burden, because it's God's weight, how do you, how do you manage that feeling? Because it's got to be like, Oh, I have to always be this perfect man of God around these people because they're not going to, they're not going to take my faith seriously if I don't do this and this and this, like, how do you, how do you deal with that?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, no, I mean, no, no one is perfect. No one is good. The only good perfect person that there ever was was Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but, you know, kind of like, like you said, like you, have to be a light in a very dark place. Right. You know, a lot of people will like automatically assume that like, you know, like people in the military are Christians, you know, they go, you know, they join a forgotten country, uh, you know, like what I like to call like God bless America theology. No, the military is a very secular, at least in my experience. Now some people have the very different experiences, but for me, right. the military is a very, very secular environment. Um, that if you don't find community, if you are not abiding the word, your faith is going to dwindle and especially for guys on the active duty side as well, mm-hmm. because the military is like, they're 24 seven.
0: Right. Is, is there like church offerings or service opera offerings at like bases or whatnot? Is there?
1: Yeah. So, okay. um, yeah. yeah, so for, so, you know, for like the reserves, and the national guard, um, you know, you have drill once a month and it's, uh, you, it's, you know, on the weekends and most Sundays, um, they'll have like, a, they'll have like a short chapel service on, on Sundays. Okay. Um, now when I went to AIT at Fort Sill um now I went during summer 2020 so like COVID was like you know at almost an all-time high um and so because we were quarantined uh, like that like the drill sergeants so we like hey if you want a bible or other religious text come con- like come find us and we'll get it to you excuse me um and then like we weren't actually able to go to church during my four-week quarantine unless we live streamed it or um until like the very end to where our quarantine was technically done um now when i was actually at my training battery um the first time i ever uh asked the drill sergeant if i could go to church so I, I i don't hold this against him at all he thought we were not there were no in-person services because of covid and so like he gave me a couple links for like live streams and right you know, just a little misunderstanding on, on his part a couple weeks later i asked uh the ncos that are on duty that day is like hey can I go to church? And this guy, uh, he, he looks at me and he goes, listen, there's no drill sergeant to take, you, to take you to church. I'm not willing to take you to church. And there's only one of you to begin with. So he just told me, it's like, hey, go kick rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, which our battery commander and our battery first sergeant gave him an earful uh, after I left uh, about that. They said that was like very unac- uh, unacceptable. Yeah. Um, so during my time at Fort Sill, uh i went to like i actually went to church only twice okay um but yeah, yeah. and then Go uh ahead. sorry um actually uh, that actually brings up uh, another like like very old memory um do, so like your class so like at fort Hill, your classes are, are taught by civilians um okay. that were like prior military and very very smart very much subject matter experts i had one instructor the he like he's he like he's like not just an atheist in the fact that just he just, just doesn't believe in god he's an atheist in the sense that like he like doesn't believe in god but like he i'd even say like he goes so far as to hate god okay. um like he would always like um drop little comments against people who are christians and um, it was just and i pretty much just had to sit there and bite my tongue
0: right Yeah, that's that's tough because a lot of the times we, as Christians, you know this, and the United States are very blessed. We're very, like, there's very little areas where people would say that they're, you know, oppressed for what they believe because, A, it's a, we live in a very free country where we can pretty much believe whatever we want, and um, there's already a lot of like-minded individuals um, out there so um for most of us what quote-unquote oppression looks like is somebody commenting something mean on facebook like that's usually yeah means. but um that's just really a really unique um situation to have your faith not necessarily determined but affected by other individuals yeah. uh, of how you practice it which is really really strange um to me anyways because i've never really experienced that um okay. So, especially during the pandemic, I'm assuming it was just a lot of live streams, a lot of quiet times, like you said. Oh,
1: dude. i And busy. Uh, in my, so, in our, so like, I thought my quarantine was only going to be like four weeks, mm-hmm. but, the thing, but the thing with like, uh, the way Fort Sill ran things is that your quarantine cycle didn't start until like the Friday of the week that you got there. Oh, wow. I showed up on a Monday. Oh, no. My quarantine did not technically start until that Friday. Um, so you go through a two week quarantine and then you have like just like a one week um, of like, you're essentially a hold on there until you move to a different battery. Um, and so literally my routine would literally be wake up at four 30 in the morning, go get my temperature check, go eat chow. And by the time I got back to the barracks, it's like six, six thirty in the morning. And it's like, okay, I have all this time on my hands. What am I going to do? Uh-huh. Um, we did, I did two things, work out, read my Bible, um and so uh really before this time i really hadn't ever really had a quiet time or at least a consistent one mm-hmm. um and so like that was like one of the things that like i feel like got like god was like really like try, like trying to like teach me like and, like in that moment was always like hey you have all this time on your hands it's right. a great opportunity for you to get into the word
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and so also and so like to some extent like yeah, it sucked uh, having to be like a quarantine for so long, but at the same time, um, I was very blessed by it.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely feel that for, to my own extent because I had all this time and it was almost as if God was taking all of the things that would have normally distracted me away just to be like, okay, say you don't have enough time for me. Here's your time. Like, Yeah you usually um, I would squeeze it in five, 10, 15 minutes a day in the morning or the evening, but there's hours of, there was hours of time now. So I didn't really have an excuse against it. And I, so I definitely agree with that, but I guess my last question on uh, your military journey before we transition to the last two topics and stuff is um, for those who are just starting their journey like as an active serviceman or, or, or in the reserves or whatever just think back to yourself 2 or 3 years ago um what recommendations would you have for them if you could go back and do it all again like to make your walk with the lord easier in this in that time
1: so john 15:5 says i am the branch you are the vine abide in me as i in you and apart from me you can do nothing make sure that you have a solid foundation in Christ going in otherwise you are like the military is going to rock your world and mm-hmm. not in a good way yeah. um, because like, you're, because like a lot of people in the military are like fresh out of high school um, and I, I mean like you know like 17 18 year old kids mm-hmm. uh, going in and experiencing like so many different things um, and you know there's like t- like you know a lot of peer pressures um, being thrown at them uh as they go in um so they need to have a fa- like you need to have a solid foundation in christ yeah. Yeah. um going in and so and i think like that's a really hard thing to do because like a lot of people that i i've talked to like here in my time at ou you know talking about like their testimony like what, see i thought i was like very much the only person that was like this but it turns out this is like 80 percent of the people that i talk to it's like their it's like their faith did not was not molded into what it is until like, you know, like one or two years of college.
0: Right. Um, Cause it's the first time that you're, you have to make the decision for yourself. Like, well, what yeah,
1: this, absolutely. What does this look um, like for me? But the thing with college though, is that you ha- you, you have like all these like, other resources, like you have like all these like college ministries that you yeah. like, like, you can go to, you, you know, you have like, um, you know, Bible, you know, you know, and 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 not and not to say that like you can't like get these things like like while you're in the military, but it's like while you're in the military, it's like it's a whole other ball game because you're not because like for me, I hang out at the BCM all the time. I am surrounded by pe- by people who fo- who are followers of Christ. Like, but like when you're in the military, you have no idea who you because like the people that you are around all day, like you, yeah, you don't have a choice about who you are around all day because those are the people that you are working with. Those are the people that you right. are training with. Um, those are the, really, those are the people that you live with. Like those people are your 24 seven. Um, and so if you, and so for people who are Christians in the military and like, they're surrounded by people, um, who don't know Christ, like you are possibly like their only light.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what we talked about earlier. That's a big, Um, For some people that can be seen as a burden for some people that can be, for a lot of people that would be seen as intimidating, but um, you've just gotten exposed a lot earlier to what it looks like in the real world than a lot of people because in college, it's meant to all these ministries are catering towards growing your faith before you get out into the real world because it's harder. It's Like you said, it's a billion times harder out there. But for a lot of people, like you said, who are just going from high school, they don't really get that opportunity. Um, yeah. It sounds like so. Um, you just can't. Well, I guess you can still go in uh, pretty fresh in your faith in the military because I know, I'm sure there's a lot of new new Christians that find their oh, yeah. way through it. And because everybody's journey is different. But um, it just, from what it sounds like, it just seems like being consistent and knowing what you want and knowing the importance and the, and the gravity of your relationship with Christ is the most important thing. It's just oh, really down. just taking it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, transitioning away from um, your military cause you're still in school. Um, so I know this because I know you out before I've known you for a while before this, but um, so you're an education major, but you started out nowhere near that. So, talk um, about
1: that. Yeah, so I came to OU uh, as an engineering physics major with a concentration in aerospace engineering. Um, so, Lots engineering of physics murlers. is. Lots say of again. Lots of oh smurder. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, engineering physics is essentially just applied physics, and then you take um, some classes that help, uh, kind of, uh, that kind of guide you down this pipeline of being in a certain discipline of engineering. And I was going to go into aero. Yeah. Um, but then after three semesters, uh, I was like, okay, I am tired of this because, like, what I want to do, and because like, I, I wanted to go work for like Boeing or Honeywell or something like that, it's, like someone would like base like defense contracts. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, the physics part of this, I don't really like see any practical application of it, so I'm gonna change over to straight arrow. Um, but I did do so hot in a couple classes, and so I, have gonna ha- I was I would have to retake some classes if I wanted to get into the arrow program. And I was like, okay, what else you got? Um, and then that's how I ended up in industrial systems engineering, um, for a little while. And so changing majors from engineering physics to ISE, um, in the first semester of my sophomore year was originally what set me off a year and gave me a fifth year.
0: Okay.
1: Um, but then after a semester of learning what ISE majors do, I was like, okay, I don't want to do this because this has, I have no interest in this. Mm -hmm. Um, and so at the end of my sophomore year, I was like kind of, I was kind of contemplating like what to do. And I thought about um, being an education major because I thought that like once I was out of the army and then like um, I was, my, my original plan was to do like 20, like do like 20, like 20 years in the guard while still being an engineer, because like the, with the reserves in the guard, like the military is not your full-time occupation for most people. And so you can still pursue a civilian career. Yeah. Um, so I was gonna do 20 years in the army while still working as an engineer. And after I retired from those 20 years, I would quit my engineering job and then go teach in coach high school. Uh, but then I thought, I like, okay, what if I just like taught and coach high school, like straight, like from, like, from the get go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so after a lot of like conversation with uh, with, with, with other people um, uh, and then like just like lots of prayer, um, I felt God just like, call, like calling me to uh, just uh, go be a teacher. And that's how I ended up here.
0: Yeah, no, that's a long journey to get to a, um to get there but it seems like you're a lot happier now and um just from the outside looking in I know my brain my brain definitely doesn't work in the engineering and physics and I'll tell you I took I took physics in high school and my uh teacher was a football coach and like you know that those classes are automatically a little bit easier because I yeah. got other plans and I still didn't do that hot so, like I know my place, I know my strengths and yeah. my weaknesses, and anything remotely in that in that realm is so far off the spectrum of what I can do um, so I definitely understand that and it um, but um, so what it what is god um what has God been telling you since you moved to be an education major, and like do you see how do you see um teaching and coaching as a mission field because we all know that everything that we do can be applicable to a mission field so like um how do you see that in that career yeah
1: so um so what kind of like originally inspired me like to be a teacher and a coach was just like um seeing how my teachers and coaches from so i'd like like going into high school like i did not want to be a teacher at all like that was like not even within like like i like out of sight out of mind like yeah it, it, like um but just but just like the older i got through like through high school and just seen like the relationships of like my, my teachers and my coaches kind of formed with some of my students like outside of the classroom um was incredible and i, and I, and I thought i want to have like i want to be able to influence someone like that um like um for example like my like our heads like strength and conditioning coach um from my hometown a guy named eric scherfenberg um, love the guy to death. He was our head strength. Not only was he our district uh, strength and conditioning uh, coordinator, but he was also our FCA director, uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, oh, I'm familiar. I had the I had the donuts when I was in. The, yeah. I went for the donuts. <laughs> of course, the cry. Uh, of course, the message. But the uh, oh yeah, six thirty in the morning. perk. The the Shipley donuts uh, definitely definitely helped the helped me wake up in the morning
1: yeah for us he would bring like granola bars and fruit and, and if he forgot granola bars and fruit and all that stuff you just like uh pull out the protein bars that he had in his drawer
0: oh he was a so he was a coach all the way through he did oh yeah <laughs> no, no fatty donuts get that out of here you're eating protein bars <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh but no but just like very godly man but like um for a for 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 a few of his athletes like he like like he like he was like their number one phone call like whenever they got in tr- in a, into trouble because he was so but he he was a rock that people could fall back on um very just very godly man like just a great role role model for students and like kind County of counting how like we talked about earlier like a lot of like uh kid, like a lot of kids like coming out of high school and going into the military like really don't have a solid foundation um in christ because they have because like their faith at, up to this point for most kids has been their parents yep mm-hmm. and not something that they've been able to discover and shoot and choose on their own um so go so as far as like how i'm gonna see like apply it to myself is like the earth like if i can like have an influence on these kids and help them to like establish their a relationship with christ and to walk with him then that's a win
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I love that you also mentioned, um, how, at least for me, how little of what I call my faith was defined by me until I got past high school. So if you can help develop them, their faith, if they, first of all, if they want it, like you have to, you have to have that. It's, it's,
1: It's all, it's all a choice.
0: Right. Exactly. Um, and if you have, opportunity to not only like help them if they want it but to help realize that it is vital and it it does get harder after college and like the early if i would have realized how um difficult it was going to be post high school post college um to live out my faith because you're not in this like little bubble anymore of all these people that are of faith I would have started, I would have taken so many things seriously so much earlier. So like oh. I wish I had people that I, cause I was definitely surrounded by those people that, um, that helped develop my faith, but nobody told me like how hard it was going to be. And nobody told me what it looked like and how much you had to want it and how much you had to, um, spend time with God on your own and it wasn't just like, oh, it's youth night on Tuesday or Wednesday, and then you go to church on Sunday. Like that doesn't really happen anymore unless you go out yeah. and see it. It's not right in front of your face. So like the fact that you have the opportunity to um plant that seed earlier for some of these kids is going to be really, really cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um so as we kind of close up, um my last my last topic for you and you knew it was going to come up because it's so <laughs> funny. Was your TikTok and Uh, um, some of them are goofy, but some of them are some of them are really impactful. And like a lot of people don't realize how impactful social media, uh, social media, and especially TikTok can be um, to people who are scrolling on their phone. And suddenly there's something about Christianity just on their phone, like that, like, and you can scroll up, or if you're compelled, you can stay. And I think that that's really interesting. Um, And so as we just kind of talk about that, do you remember what the first one that went viral um, by internet standards was? Uh, yeah,
1: so uh, just a little over a year ago. Um, do, uh, do you remember like the, the the put a finger down trend, but it'd be like this really drawn out like explanation, and you would end up yeah, on the- yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, so, I remember that one. Yeah, so I did one. I did one of those, and I was like, uh, it was about oh yeah. It was like put a finger down um if you and all of your older siblings were adopted but then one day your mom tells you that she's pregnant but you are like seven years old and you don't know how pregnancy works and you and you're all and you're plus you're adopted Mm -hmm. uh, and you go to school the next day and you tell your teacher hey my mom's having a baby from her tummy and your teacher goes well that's where all babies come from but then you look at your teacher and say but i came from an airplane and i just put a finger down
0: uh yeah Yeah, i remember tossing my phone on my bed and rolling because <laughs> that is so funny especially if like um which we haven't really touched on on like the fact on your adoption and stuff like that and your family and, and everything and um that can be a conversation for another time because that could be a whole another 30 40 oh, dude. There's, there's, there's
1: a yeah especially like with my family there's a lot to unpack
0: which so if you're still listening and if you want to hear luke back on the podcast <laughs> now let me know i would love to hear the feedback um but back to TikTok because that's what we originally had planned to yeah um,
1: yeah so that that video got like i think it's at like just a little under three hundred thousand views now um and you, then you've clocked yeah. a million a couple times haven't you like Say again? you've clocked a million a couple times haven't you like no so not yet? so so uh, so like it's so like a year ago, I had I posted a video like while we were in quarantine, um, I got like almost eight hundred thousand views, and I, that was my highest up until like a few weeks ago, where me and my uh, cell group we did a PowerPoint night, and I recorded like little clips of like the, the guys like title slides. Last time I checked, that video is at two point two million views.
0: Incredible! And for those who don't know what cell group is, it's small group for our Christian fraternity. Um, so Rush just Bucks. yes, Rush Bucks baby, um, but. So you've hit it big. You've gotten the million. Like, I think (laughs) I'm super cool because I have one that's at, like, 30,000. And it wasn't even –
1: That's one of, like, your dog, right? Yes, it wasn't
0: even me. It was my dog. It has nothing to do (laughs) with me. Um, But you – like, all of your stuff is just super entertaining. Um, And so was TikTok, like, a – was it a quarantine download? Like, was it just out of boredom? Like, what – everybody has that story like for me i was like oh i told myself i wasn't going to download it and then in, during quarantine i got bored now i'm addicted like that it, it everybody has their own little story about it so like was was it the same for you or
1: uh yeah so oddly so oddly enough like quarantine did not make me do it um okay uh so i got tiktok like the fall of 2019 so like uh, it was like my pledge trip semester. Mm-hmm. uh semester. I don't really know why, why i got it i think it was just because like oh people are a lot of people are getting to see obviously what the hype is about yeah and then, you know i'm staring at my phone for like five hours a day <laughs> <laughs> um
0: that's the thing that's I, what I was telling you about is that god would be like you can spend five hours on tiktok but you can't spend an hour talking to me and i was like okay. oh dude
1: yeah <laughs> that, dude,
0: <the> <laughs> exactly um, but sorry go ahead continue
1: Nah, but I mean, it's, I mean, I just like started just like posting just like a couple like videos, just just, like poke fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't like necessarily have like a niche or anything. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, I mean, I've been to like a, a couple trends and
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, do you see now that you have a little bit of a, a little bit of following a little bit of clout, if you will, um, do you have now do you have any sort of agenda what the TikToks do uh you post is it just funny is it because st- some of the stuff I see is stuff like of faith but it's still comedic a lot of the times and some of it's super serious or whatever but like do yeah. you find yourself falling into a niche a little bit more as you as you're going along because now you're now you're an influencer like <laughs> I, I brought you on here a because you're my friend the b because you got some clout now so like yeah, just, just, being just, done,
1: just, just a little bit just a little joking. bit but um go
0: ahead
1: I, so i think i think like my most consistent niche is with like military tiktok yeah um just because like and, and what's funny about like military tiktok is like there's just like so many like inside jokes or like like people who are like have nothing have like no knowledge of the military they're not going to get it and so like, there's like a very like solid crowd that like watches those mm-hmm. um I mean, I I I've been on like I've gotten into sports TikTok, The Office TikTok, a little bit, yeah. Um, but really, like, I'd say like my big three are like mil- like military TikTok, Christian TikTok, and then just like like random meme, funny TikTok, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, a little bit all over the place, which I
1: appreciate. Yeah. yeah. But,
0: um, I think the biggest thing that I've seen over the past year or so is that like christian TikTok, it 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 can be kind of it kind of dumb like i'm not gonna throw anybody anybody under the bus or anything like that like there's some of it so i'm like okay this is a little silly but like for the vast majority of it all these creators like including yourself like have really started to take it seriously because it is a platform and it can be a ministry because everybody's glued to their phone yeah you you might as well say something impactful yeah
1: not just like during like so like, i mean i guess like especially like during quarantine you know because that's when like tiktok just really took off um never before had was it easier to share the gospel
0: exactly
1: because you because like you could literally just, just like record a video of you like explaining the gospel with someone put it on the internet and next thing you know like you know even even just like uh you know like a hundred people watch it but like say like 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 five of those people are from like, like Indonesia or something like that, or like, like Mm -hmm. somewhere like else in like the 1040 window uh, that like, don't really ever hear the gospel ever. Um, And so like, you know, like with that being said, you know, like I said earlier, like sharing the gospel was, had never been easier. And even now, like people are still just like staring at their phones, like all all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, and there's people out there that are lost. And so like, you can still like reach them through like social media.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And um this uh this just kind of popped into my head or whatever, but the more we talk about it, the more I feel compelled to talk about it. But um how do you differentiate and how do you stop yourself from when you do make the this content of uh for the kingdom? Like how do you when do you know the limit between like is this of God or is this like for me to I got some views and right promote promote yeah. your own brand or whatever like that that looks like so how do you how do you differentiate between the two and then how do you stop yourself when you feel like you get that little gut feeling um
1: that's a really good question because like i because like obviously you know you know, like like one of the reasons like, like people like create content like to begin with is just for like um
0: for money for a lot
1: of people <laughs> oh yeah I mean, I mean, for money, for cloud, for just like, just like, pers- like a personal ego boost, I guess, like yeah. for your own pride, um, and so that can be a very fine line, especially like with creation TikTok. I mean, now granted, what you're gonna put now, now there's a good chance, like what you what you're gonna put put out there is gonna be beneficial for someone, right? But really, what it boils down to is is your own personal motivation for posting for creating content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, you know, I, I'll be honest, like, like for me, like, I love like getting like that, like that like comment, share, like, you know, you know notification, it's a buzz,
0: it's a high, like it's,
1: you get that dopamine hit, but at the, but at the end of the day, it's like, okay, now what?
0: Exactly. Because, like, Cause you're always, and then that gets into the thing of like, you're always looking for more and you're, you got to like fill yeah. this, you gotta keep making the stuff. And then it, that's when it becomes about you is when you're like, you get that rush and you're like, yeah. And then, so, then yeah. idol,
1: yeah. idolatry can be very sneaky because like it can come in the form of things that are that are like inherently good, like relationships, yep. uh, you know, having a good job, or like you know, so like social media. In, in my opinion, is inherently a good thing. However, when you like begin begin to obsess over it, it becomes your god. That's when it becomes dangerous. And so, when you start creating content, even Christian content for your own ego, mm-hmm. that's when it's dangerous.
0: Yeah, and like for me, I feel like there are times when i've fallen into that trap and there's times when i've fallen into that pitfall or whatever like that and when you start making it for your own ego and your own benefit and stuff like that a lot of the content becomes watered down and it just doesn't it's not as good like it's not a, like because it's not coming from god it's coming from you like an imperfect individual that has oh dude yeah absolutely for for so unless you read the bible five billion times over and have memorized every piece of scripture and what it means and like you don't have a full comprehension of what it's saying so like when you make it you're like oh i'm gonna make a tick tock when i've read this verse for the first time like the, there's so much depth behind it that you miss and there's so much that um there's so much in the bible and there's so much in scripture that needs to be studied and needs to needs to be preyed upon and it needs like it, it's even though it's one of those living documents you know what i mean like you could open up the same verse 15 times and then get something completely different from it each time But oh, yeah. if you read it from the first time and you also have to be very careful because if you read it for the first time you make a video about it and you're like oh this is exactly what this means and it's wrong then like you're your yeah. one chance to be a light for somebody on social media or something like that like you could you could blow it like because you can completely miss the mark you know what i mean
1: philippians 413 does not mean that you can throw a baseball any
0: faster <laughs> i love that that's yes exactly because um, it's all about the relationship when you when you lose the relationship aspect of it and you start falling into the stuff we've talked about the clout and the that and all that stuff. It, it doesn't. It doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do the kingdom any good, and it doesn't um, doesn't really benefit anybody. And then it just becomes like every other video online. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but and my last question for you is, as someone who very open openly puts their faith out, because if you're putting it on TikTok, you're putting it on Instagram, Twitter. YouTube, like you're out in the open, ready for judgment. Like you're, and you've already experienced this through the military, but like, how often do you come in contact with doubters on like your videos that you create? Like, do you ever read the comments and you're just like, because a lot of them are good, but then a lot of them could be, are there any of them that are like completely against what you're saying? Like, do you come across that often? Or... So I
1: always so I always read my comments. Okay, um, I don't. I always like reply to them. Yeah. Um, but I I so I've yet to get anyone that you know that like has like openly like ridiculed me for my faith. Okay, um, that's good. Uh, I you know, and actually, you know, actually, like kind of thing like there's been like a couple people that have like DM me just like I just like asking questions. Um, so mm-hmm. you know, I was able, able to use that for you know to have like a fruitful conversation. Um, but. I think it's important to like, to like look at these comments and because like there's like, because you can easily just like click like, you know, like the like button, you know, next thing it says yep. like, like by creator just like keeps going and, go, and going through that motion. But, um, so like the other day, uh, with my PowerPoint TikTok, someone wanted to see Alex Conley's TikTok, which was, uh, people from the Bible, I could easily rock. <laughs> and so,
0: <laughs> yeah, so
1: and so I posted a video of that and then someone commented on there. Um, I've never read the Bible, but I feel like this TikTok gave me everything I, I needed to know. And so, as soon as I read that comment, I was like, "Hey, this is an opportunity to share the gospel." Yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I just like reply. I like reply to that comment um, with, with 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 a with a video. I didn't like use any hashtags because like, I predominantly just wanted like that one person to, like see that video. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they said that they don't like personally like believe in, like in like any deities or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it's. <sighs> You can't let opportunities just slip
0: by, right?
1: Um, because if we claim to love God, then we are saying, "Hey, I love you so much that I'm going to do Your will. I'm going to share Your word. I'm going to like tell people about what You have done for us." Mm-hmm. And for us to just like kind of neglect like the opportunities that we have, like share with other people, then what are we doing?
0: Exactly. No, I couldn't agree more. Um... Well, I think that about wraps up what I had, and I just wanted to thank you again, as I said at the beginning, for what you're doing for this country and what you're doing for the kingdom, and also just taking the time out of your day to come um, come hop on here with me and talk about talk about life and stuff like that.
1: Um, nah, dude, this just, is great. Appreciate you having me.
0: Of course. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I can't wait to bring you another one soon and have a happy Thanksgiving.